Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. Mina Samuels went from a practicing human rights attorney and activist to a woman on the move. Her love of running got her thinking about what it was she wanted to do with her life. Today, she's a successful writer, playwright, and performer. In her newest book, Run Like a Girl, 365 Days a Year, a practical, personal, inspirational guide for women athletes, Mina shares daily wisdom as a spiritual running buddy for women on the move. Mina, I'd love to talk about body image today because I think it is crippling to so many women and men. But first, can you tell us about how and why you began your running adventure? I fell into running, really. I had moved to New York. I ran a little bit before I moved to New York. I was studying for my master's of law. And um, so I was back after a few years of working in a law office in a flexible schedule and I thought you know people run a lot in New York you you just see people out running and I thought oh I want to do that that's cool and I was close to Central Park and so um, I started running a little bit and then I um, fell into conversation with someone and long story short I thought I was telling her that I had been running 10 kilometers a few times a week and she took it as 10 miles a week. And I was so, um, 10 miles a time. I was so, well, you can imagine you're training for a half. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot. Exactly. So the difference between 10 kilometers and 10 miles, huge. Yeah. So I left our conversation because I'm Canadian. So I was thinking in kilometers. I had just come to the United States. I was so mortified by feeling like I had misrepresented myself because I, I guess I don't like to do that. <laughs> um, so I went home and I immediately put on all my running gear and I went out and I ran two loops of Central Park, which is 12 miles. And um, it was um, in answer to a question that you posed to me via email, it was love at first run. It was, it was the first time I had really experienced the runner's high. It was absolutely a thing you should not do, which is go out and run twice as far as you've ever run in your entire life, <laughs> you know, from one day to the next day. So it's a thing I would never counsel to another person. I was young, you know, I was 28. And um, so more things, I guess, were possible. I could be more abrupt with my body. But I also just, I was so exhilarated at the end of that run that um, I just um, fell in love with the sport. And I continue to love it to this day, but of course we've had our ups and downs together and not definitely not every run feels like that first run. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that's how I got into it. Um, But it led to me changing my life a lot because I had been until then an attorney, I had gone through law school, and I was studying my master's of law with the thought of going back to the law firm that I had been practicing at in Toronto. And I upended um, all of that in the years that followed. And I think partly because of this discovery of, oh, wow, this is this is what like really big joy and something that's really right in my life feels like I need to go for more of that in other places in my life. 
And isn't that interesting when you feel that sweet spot and it gives you power in all of the other areas of your life? I think that's really cool. Absolutely. Um, that's my, that's one of my hobby horses, I guess. And what I've been, what I was getting at with the first run, like a girl book. And, um, again, with the second run, like a girl book is that kind of, um, transformative potential of being in touch with our physical strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and so this newest book is called run like a girl 365 days a year a practical, personal, inspirational guide for women athletes. Your goal with this book, uh, aside from what you just mentioned, as a date, is it is it meant to be, because it's 365 days, a, a day-to-day, like, let's do this together sort of inspiration? It's definitely meant, uh, each day is not um, its own separate day. It definitely creates a flow over the 365 days a year. What I was trying to capture with the book of days format was yes, um, exactly what you just said. I am, we're together on this journey. The things that you're experiencing, other people have experienced. I have probably experienced them, you know, the ups and downs. Um, we are all, we're all on a journey Um, none of us are going to get to the end of it until the real end of it. And even then who knows? Mm -hmm. And so I, so I wanted it to have that structure. I also wanted some more artistic freedom, um, because Mm -hmm. I wanted to get to slightly less. The first book was very practical about, you know, Mm -hmm. how we engage in our sports and what that transformative impact was. The second book, I really wanted to get more into the fact that this physical strength that we are working towards with our sports, it it has an ability to transform us um, personally, but that's not the end goal. The end goal is then what do we do with this energy that we have and that this resource that we can husband. And so it's how do we use that energy which is created by our running or whatever it is that we do to stay physically engaged. Um, how do we manifest that in a way that um, spreads the positivity around the rest of the world? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. And that's where the kindness of it comes in. Comes in. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's that, I mean, it in itself, of course, is a form of kindness to our bodies until we take it too far, which right. many right. people do. And then you, you know, you push yourself too far and you get injured or you get exhausted or it becomes, you know, an addiction with some, thankfully not all of those issues, but it is the, it is the way it gives us space in our psyches for kindness to others. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really important. It's like, how can we use this extra energy to give back? Mm-hmm. Well, we have talked before on the Kindness Podcast about uh, being kind to yourself and mindfulness and a lot of, you know, getting getting the sleep you need and a lot of things like that. But today I want to focus really in um, to the saying goodbye to a bad body image, because I feel like there's a lot of self-talk that goes on. So you've got 10 tips to say goodbye to a bad body image. I'm going to read you the tip, and then could you just comment on it and say, okay, because so that people can really understand what your heart is behind each one. Would that be okay? 
Absolutely. Okay, the first one is use it, don't think about it. Yes. So get out there and do things that are positive with your body as opposed to staying at home and obsessing about the fact that, you know, my my arms aren't the way I want them to look. And, and maybe, I, I mean, how many people have I heard who say, well, I'll start a physical activity once I've lost weight. Mm-hmm. And that is, well, first of all, that's a catch-22 that's um, a bit problematic. But secondly, you're depriving yourself. You're depriving yourself of potential um, joy and enjoyment and that feeling of vigor. And I, I um, understand that this is really almost a plague among many women. I, I can't speak f- for men as much because I'm not a man. But, um, you know, they don't want to even partake of activities because they don't think they look good enough to partake of it. Yep. That's tragic to me. That's, it's so, um, how, what has our society become when we do that to people? Mm-hmm. The second is know the why of why you use it. Yes. So that one builds on the idea of intention. If our intention when we go out and we are exercising or working out is to punish ourselves for having eaten too much or to um, lose weight because we don't think that we look good enough, um, those reasons are ultimately not going to be as motivating. Studies have shown, uh, and I'm being serious, they have actually shown that that stick is not as motivating as, way I get to go meet my friend and I'm going to feel really good. But also... All it does is perpetuate negativity and add, um, in your language, it adds like an unkindness to your workout because the first thing that's propelling you out the door is a feeling of insufficiency. Yeah. To to move from a place of not scarcity or negativity, but from having an abundance of love and energy toward yourself to be able to do it. Yes, exactly. So the third tip to saying goodbye to a bad uh, body image and the fourth tip I'm putting together, stop talking about your body and stop talking about other women's bodies. Indeed. Indeed. We spend so much time doing that. How many times do you greet a friend and say, hi, it's great to see you. You look like you've lost weight. You look so good. You look thin. You look, ah, (laughs) stop. I mean, just stop. It's really, really hard. I, I... I am constantly at work on this. But the thing is, when we do this, all that we do is we perpetuate this idea that that some kind of externalized, society-imposed image of what we are supposed to look like, which is very narrow, um, is important and relevant and something that merits us wasting our breath on it. And so um, I really, you know, I try, if I see a friend, I don't, I don't say that. I try to say, oh, you look full of energy. You look, you know, revitalized from whatever it was that you did. Um, Connect with people's energy as opposed to with their external appearance. And as for speaking about other people's bodies, I mean, that just, it's very rare that what one says about other people's bodies is going to be a kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not, y- even if what you're saying is, oh, they look so great because they lost weight. It's like, ew, so what? You didn't think they looked 
beautiful before <laughs> and and also ah why is that what you're focusing on mm-hmm. about them mm-hmm. so and these are very hard things by the way i have to say i throw them off on a list of 10 things but um i find for myself and i find just observing and listening to other women they are they are very hard to erase from our habits yeah they are and um we should be more vigilant about that yeah well, and when it comes to talking about your own body, I mean, I think I just stopped talking about my own body because when I would talk to other women and they would talk to their about their bodies, like it, it just it's boring conversation and it's just dumb because I can sit there and look at you and see how beautiful you are. And then you're like, oh, but this, oh, but my boobs, oh, but my stomach, oh, but my and yep. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, can we please talk about something that matters? I know. I we so minimize ourselves as women. I mean, I ask my partner, you know, do you guys talk about that with his male friends? No. I mean, yeah. not at all. <laughs> he and his male friends wouldn't waste one millisecond talking about their bodies. They are more interested in what's going on in the world or what's going on in their lives, what's up with their kids, what's up with their work, what's up with their attitude toward living and dying. Yep. So... Yes. You're going to let go of that. <laughs> let go of the stop. To, we're just going to stop talking about bodies. There we go. <laughs> How about practice being beautiful? What does that mean? So it's going to be unavoidable that at least these thoughts are going to be traversing your spirit. And so I guess what I'd like is um, for women to become more mindful, more intentional, women and men about what they're saying to themselves inside their heads. So be kind. You look in the mirror or you just look down at yourself and you think, oh, that doesn't look as good. Notice every time you criticize yourself and start literally practicing pointing out to yourself, yeah, but, you know, I have great feet. I love my feet or I, you know, whatever it is that um, you do find beautiful about your body um, or that other people do. And so you can start noticing it and seeing what they find beautiful. But we need to practice that because that is not a mental state that comes naturally to most of us. And so, again, it's coming back to intentionality and mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And I found with myself that after I had cancer, you know, I could look in the mirror and be like, wow, that's a mighty, mighty rough scar there or whatever. But uh, I I began to say, thank you, God, for this beautiful, healthy, the strong, healthy, beautiful body. That's what I say. Thank you, God, for the strong, healthy, beautiful body. And I just reject the other thoughts, you know, just let it go. Yes, yes. I mean, that is, uh, most of us, thank goodness, have not had to experience what you have to get to that point. But we all can benefit from that kind of, you know, talk to the hand. I don't want to hear <laughs> yeah. anymore about yeah. what the what the flaw is. It's not even it's not even helpful. This is not, I'm for a long time. I feel like for me, the mentality was, well, you need to be realistic with yourself and so on and so forth. But I don't I, I'm not even sure what that means anymore when it comes to body image. It certainly doesn't mean oh, I need to beat myself up. Mm-hmm. Um, what we need to focus on is our health, how we feel, how's our energy, how's our enthusiasm mm-hmm. for life. Because mm-hmm. enthusiasm is beautiful. Yeah. 
And you mentioned back when we talked about stop talking about other women's bodies to see the beauty in others. So I'm going to I'm going to add that one in with that is to see the beauty in others and tell them so. But number seven you have on the list is read healthy. What's that? Mm. Well, I'm not I'm I'm going to admit I am not a big fan of a lot of women's magazines because I feel like they really propagate um, body images that are not um, realistic, that are not sustainable, that are not varietal, um, and that cause us to feel less than. And so I think it's worth it to look at what am I reading? What is it that I am saturating my brain with um, that causes me to believe that this is the way I'm supposed to look? And this is the one and only way I'm mm. supposed to look. And, um, you know, there's constant media everywhere that we are inundated um, within our lives. So I think it's worth being, again, intentional and judicious about what we are consuming. Gosh, in my world, I call that garbage in, garbage out. If you're watching mm-hmm. garbage TV, if you're reading, you know, garbage magazines, that that is going to be the lens through which you see the world. Mm. Yes. Cool. That's true. Okay. This one's scary. Go on a mirror diet. Yes. It sounds so weirdly counterintuitive in our society where everywhere you go there are mirrors and also we most of us all have a full length mirror somewhere where we can always look at how we look when we get dressed and um several years ago i accidentally ended up being in a space for about six months that had no full length mirror and it was not a good point in my life. It was not a period of my life where I was likely to feel good about myself. And yet I felt better about myself then um, than I had before. And I, I started to realize, oh, it's because I'm not just looking in the mirror all the time and kind of saying, oh, whoa, whoa, look at that. That doesn't, that's not quite as, uh, that doesn't look <laughs> as perfect as I wanted to look. And, um, And of course, then when I ended up um, back in a place with a mirror, I went back to looking at myself in the mirror too much. And it's very, and I was just thinking today, because I was looking at this, and I am once again for October and November, I'm in a place with no full length mirror. Hmm. And and I'm realizing again, oh, I feel so much better. I feel so much less self conscious. I feel so much more just like, confident and how I look physically. And so I was just thinking today, okay, I have a really nice mirror in my bedroom. But is there somewhere that I, you know, look at when I get dressed? Is there somewhere else I could put it in my apartment? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't so in my face all the time. Um, Because yeah, I do like to see how my shoes go with my full outfit and to make sure that, oh my gosh, I have a friend who once showed up at her publisher's um, house and didn't notice that she had a bra hanging off the back of her sweater. <laughs> like the hook and that would be on, me. And, you know. So it's, it's worth it to look in the mirror and just check yeah. to make sure everything's together when you leave. But other than that, um, better to have it in a place where you can't obsess over it for, uh, I, I so highly recommend it, um, as something to try. Mm-hmm. 
Number nine is to give back. Mm. Who are we giving back to in regards to our body image? What does that mean? Really what it means is that instead of giving our energy to obsessing about our body image, we give our energy to something else and something outside of ourselves. And, um, and so it's not so much about body image specifically. It's not like we give back in a way that boosts other women's body image, though that's a nice thing to do. It's more that we move our intentional focus away from ourselves. And, um, and I know that this is something that you talk about a lot, Nicole. Mm -hmm. And, and it really is one of the core, um, kind of principles of kindness. And even if kindness isn't, you know, 100% altruistic, because we benefit the most from the kindnesses that we do, kindness is outward looking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really about kindness to others. It's a, and it turns out amazingly that kindness to others is is often uh, the same thing as kindness to yourself because um, yeah. you're giving yourself a break from some negative obsessiveness that you might be engaging in. So that's all I mean by give back. I mean, reprioritize your focus, look outwards, see what you can do. Where can you spend that five minutes you would have spent looking in the mirror and thinking that your stomach wasn't quite right and that maybe, you know, your butt was larger than you want, whatever it is that you don't like. Um, do something else. Yeah. And people can say, well, what can I possibly do to help someone in five minutes? But you know what? Sending a text message to someone and saying, you know, you're, I hope you have a great day because you make my day day so great so often, you know, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that kind of thing is totally, how much more time you have, um, when we start to cut away the obsessions that, um, that get imposed on us, it's amazing how much time that you can find uh, in your day. And that's a perfect idea. I love your idea. That's exactly right. Send a note to someone who, you know, you haven't reached out to for a while. Mm -hmm. Number 10 is meditate. Um, You want to comment on that quickly? And then I want you to share your favorite kindness story before we run out of time. So, yes, yes. A theme that has run through all nine of the um, points that we've talked about so far is intentionality and mindfulness, different words for the same thing. And the best way to become more mindful is to actually have uh, a mindfulness practice, a meditation practice. Nothing really substitutes for it. There are lots of things that are very mindful and that I think are fabulous to do, but, but sitting down, um, or lying down or stand, walking meditation, whatever it is that you do an intentional, it's just a meditation. It's not something else that is kind of like meditation, but actually sitting down and being mindful for even five minutes in a day helps train us how to be mindful in the rest of our lives. It, it, it starts to teach us what it feels like to pause before we fall into a spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, and that 
is such a huge gift to find that pause. Yeah. Find the pause. Do you have a favorite kindness story uh, you'd be willing to share with us, Mina, before we let you go? Oh, gosh. You know, I've been thinking about this all day and torturing myself. I'm like, I don't know. What about this kindness story? What about that kindness story? <laughs> I think I want to say, I think what I wanted to say was almost a thank you to um, the friends I have who have shown up for me um, at the most unlikely times and in the most unlikely places and how utterly precious I find presence to be. So I'm not going to say one kindness story, but it's more the occasions on which people who may not have that much time have gifted me the kindness of their presence. Mm. And I, um, and I'm very mindful of that when I think about what I can do, uh, for other people. And often I think, well, I, you know, to be present is one of the most, um, difficult things for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. And so that to me is my favorite um, kindness practice. Awesome. Thank you, Mina, for talking with us today and, and giving us that kindness of presence. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Nicole. It was wonderful to talk to you. That was a conversation with runner and author Mina Samuels. Her newest book is called Run Like a Girl, 365 Days a Year. You can learn more at minasamuels.com or on social media at Mina Runs Like a Girl. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, please spread some kindness in the review section. <laughs>